Welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. I'm Sheng Peng, Editor-in-Chief of San Jose Hockey Now. You can also find my work at MEC Sharks and on Twitter at Sheng underscore Peng. And I'm Keegan McNally. You can find my work at Halfwall underscore Hockey on Twitter and at half-wallhockey.com or at San Jose Hockey Now. Um, this week, Shang, fun, exciting episode to prep us for training <laughs> camp, right? Yep. Uh, training camp starts on September 21st. Uh, the Sharks released the training camp roster, but there are no real big surprises on it. So we'll talk more about training camp when that actually starts. But today, though, we're going to focus on the rookie faceoff. Rookie faceoff just happened in Las Vegas, happened on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Monday. At least those were the Sharks games. Um, I was there for uh, two of those uh, three games in Las Vegas. And anyway, we're just going to talk about our impressions and just, uh, yeah, I talked with a couple of scouts over there too and so i'll probably uh, add a couple of their thoughts too to this whole uh this whole proceedings but uh first uh so we're just gonna go through um not the entire lineup not the entire uh, rookie face-off roster for the sharks but just some of the guys that stood out to us and keegan's gonna get us started so we almost always start these kind of things with um the forwards first right we always like go with like forwards defenders goaltenders so we're going backwards this time um also because Ooh. it's going to be i know we're going to go goaltenders <laughs> then defense and forwards and if well we remember. we're going in uh in uh the the reverse of strength of position for the sharks system so yeah, excellent. <laughs> so, or, so we're going to end uh, we're, we're going to go from the from from the bottom starting at the bottom and uh, going to the top okay so <laughs> yep and um yeah i think it's a, you're right it's not a position of strength for the sharks currently um but I think two of the goaltenders showed up pretty well um, this weekend. Uh, so the the starting order for the three games that they played this past weekend were uh, Romanov, the recent signing in the spring um, of last year coming from Russia. Um, he played the first game. Krona played the second game. And mm-hmm. then Mason Bopit got the third start. Um, you know, I think it's, again, it's one game. Any goaltender could have a bad game uh, or a good game for one singular game. But Romanov actually, I think, showed off pretty well um, for that first game. For you know, he, he's used to different ice services. He um, uh, he came in and had something like forty saves in that first game, and looked like uh, he belonged at least to um, to my eyes, at least. Um, I think you mentioned that uh, McCarthy actually mentioned his name too afterwards. Yep, uh, yeah, McCarthy uh, mentioned that both uh, uh, Romanov and uh, Krona performed well. Uh, the one thing that I can mention about the goaltending is that uh, uh, if getting the Bokov appeared uh, on the uh, the broadcast um, in between periods mm-hmm. in the Arizona game, and in that broadcast, actually, the um, Bokov said that uh, Makiniemi, uh, they're not quite sure when he'll be ready uh, to start the the I presume the Barracuda season. Uh, I have seen uh, Makiniemi. I put a video up on him. Makiniemi has been working out with uh, Nabokov, but kind of on his own though. He, uh, as far as I've seen, uh, Makiniemi hasn't hasn't participated in any captain skates yet. But mm-hmm. anyway, that sets up an interesting scenario though. Uh, if uh, Makiniemi, who we presume will be the Barracuda starter or sort of the de facto guy, uh, if he is isn't ready um then um yeah uh, you might start with two rookie goalies in the mm-hmm. ahl which is interesting or maybe yeah. they'll sign somebody or you know waivers i think uh uh they'll you know for example um uh, toronto will have to pass martin jones through waivers you know uh columbus Ooh. maybe with aaron dell <laughs> so <laughs> maybe hey, just yeah. bring back jones and dell but to the barracuda so 
I think that's it's... a great idea. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's honestly, I think this is, I can't remember the last time that the Sharks goaltending was this, like, thin. Um, you have Kakinen, who has never really taken the reins as a starter, as your starter. You have Blackwood, who was quasi-starter for a couple of years, and then has been solidly, like, back up or below level for a little while. Yeah, because of um, injury, we'll, uh, I will sure. uh, interject there. But yeah, no, he has struggled for a couple of seasons, for sure. And then third line would be somebody like Macadiemi, who's also injured, plus, you know, maybe in and out of the lineup kind of thing. Then below that, you've got Krona and Romanov, both rookies. That's that's like the Sharks' depth chart of goaltenders. <laughs> yeah, it's not looking great. Um, I did Maybe like they are really uh, trying to tank. <laughs> maybe, maybe this was the really... Yeah, maybe they really are. But um, I thought Romanov looked good. And um, Krona had... Uh, I think he let in one goal, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. He did. Um, Bo Pitt was the youngest goaltender um, at the uh, rookie faceoff for the Sharks. He his game against the Coyotes and there was a kind of like a group effort. The Sharks did not play well, but he sure. also did not stand out well. He had a bunch of shots that were a little bit, um, uh, let's call it leaky. Yeah, <laughs> leaky is yeah. my favorite term for goaltenders. Yeah, uh, yeah, shots that shouldn't have gone through that did. So he's going to go back to to the WHL. Um, to uh, to our buddy uh, Kevin Constantine's team. Yeah, to the Wenatchee Wild. Um, so we'll keep an eye on see how he does uh, yeah. throughout the WHL season. But um, um, so anyway, yeah, mo- uh, moving on to uh, the the now we're going to the defense and yeah. um, th- this guy was I think the uh, the standout Sharks prospect uh, here. And um, I I spoke with uh, one scout and I asked him, you know, did you see anything you really really liked from the Sharks this weekend? And he looked at me and. <laughs> oh no and and and, and said now this is like really really like though so okay. i think that the sharks did have a lot of good performances but you know we're talking about like like and like projected them in the nhl kind of like but mm-hmm. uh when i mentioned that uh mukumadulin stood out for myself uh the guy's uh, eyes uh, lit up a bit, and so he he agreed. Uh, and so with Mukumadulin, we saw um, a great display of uh, first his skating, both offensively and defensively, using his skating to uh, to 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 cut down. Uh, you know, when he when he when he's uh, chasing the play a little bit, but to cut down mm-hmm. the forward ahead of him, he did that. And I think the LA game, um, jumping up, showing good instincts and feet to jump up. Uh, I think that was a two on one against Arizona off of a Robbins pass. Um, um, also, too, um, on the power play, uh, he 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 would often be the the um, the quarterback of it, uh, leading leading uh, uh, leading leading the rush up, and uh, showing a not not just good stick handling, but deception uh, deception too. You know, deceiving the 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 four checker, the F one, into kind of kind of uh, uh, going where Mukumudulin wants it, and going the other way. And so he uh, Mukumudulin did did show that too. And he also showed a very nice touch uh, with his uh, with his passing too in mm-hmm. tight spaces uh, with uh, four check uh, on him. So all uh, very very uh, uh, encouraging signs, uh, you know. And also you know coupled with his size too, and even defensively too. You know, we I've talked about most offensive kind of things too um john mccarthy cited that his improved uh, mcmudulin's improved gap control from last year um cutting down uh, defensive space a couple times it seemed like he really surprised uh the uh the opposition with uh, how quickly he was on them uh, with his uh, feet and his stick 
Um, I would say the one thing though, and I think Mukumuluna overall is still raw, um, even though the Sharks do have a, you know, a sore, sore need for somebody to quarterback their power play. Um, and it could be Mukumuluna in the future. I, I think the Sharks are projecting that he can uh, do that. Maybe not PP1, but at least PP2 in the future. Um, but not yet though. Uh, yeah, don't, don't do that to him. Uh, still very raw, uh, even in this tournament of, you know, younger players, uh, was guilty of doing too much. Uh, at yeah. times, uh, got himself put uh, caught in bad positions a couple of times, turnovers, uh, that sort of thing. And so, um, but overall, though, the balance of it is, uh, I think, uh, a, a prospect that's uh, really uh, on the rise. And you can see uh, why the Sharks target him in the Team Meyer trade. Yeah, that's that's a great takeaway. Um, I agree. The Mukabadulin was the prospect that every game that I watched. Um, stood out to me the most is like mm-hmm. the the prospect that looks the most looks the part that he can play in the nhl the most uh, like fits the, the archetype that he could be um pretty much every time that he was out there so i agree he, he his speed was really on display a lot he can get ahead of steam going carry the puck really well out of the defensive zone he had one like really really good scene pass to eklund that was super impressive from the first game that i remember um and then the uh, power play quarterbacking he uh, you're right he can walk the blue line and, and kind of pick his spots uh really well i don't know if his shot was totally on display this game or these games um as much as it is because i've seen him you know he has a pretty good shot it just wasn't like he was launching him all the time these games but um yeah i think every uh, everybody kind of saw what Mukamadulin could be in the future and I, I like that a lot and we're gonna see him all this year on the barracuda um probably and then Maybe he'll get some games in the NHL, or he surprises all of us and just makes the NHL out of training. No, (laughs) training camp is a month away. I mean, it could happen. I I, I will say that um, a couple years ago, rookie faceoff, William Eklund uh, had just been drafted, and he did not look very, very impressive uh, in the rookie Mm -hmm. faceoff. You know, at least compared to his draft position. And uh, there wasn't just myself who saw that. You know, I've talked to a number of scouts at that tournament, and they said the same thing, that uh, that Eklund, you know, was a little bit, well, you know, they thought that they might see a little bit more from him, uh, considering that he was the seventh overall pick. But uh, Eklund got better and better uh, throughout uh, a training camp. Eklund was terrific during the exhibit preseason that year, and he was clearly a top nine sharks forward you know it's very thin uh sharks yeah. forward group of course but he was clearly a top nine sharks forward uh, going into the 2021-22 season which is why mm-hmm. he started the season with the sharks um so uh you know mokumadulin i think has the you know he skates well enough the the body is you know it's it's yeah. he's he's six floor and yeah. he's you know he can use more uh more strength and and weight i'm sure but still there seems to be enough heaviness uh enough strength uh there um that um he'll he would he might be okay at the nhl level but um you know the decision making uh still needs work the defending still needs work and yep. doing that at the highest level is not a good idea um you know we talked last week about most disappointing sharks prospects ever and you know a scout that told me flat out yeah the sharks rushed miracle mueller and um you don't want to do that with the mukumadulin yeah he's too important i think for the the fate of the sharks blue line mm-hmm. um but yeah i did i was really impressed and his speed actually seemed better than it was last year even though he was pretty fast last year so um really liked his play um 
I think um, another guy that that made a lot of headlines was Gannon Larock, mm-hmm. um, just because Gannon Larock um, was returning from injury from last year. Um, his first game, I think he looked a little bit behind the play sometimes, but I think he also improved throughout the uh, throughout the short showcase, and um, he had that first goal I think in the first game as well, uh, which was a great moment for him. He had a good quote afterwards, like. I don't remember what it was. Something about a smile. Yeah, no, nobody has a bigger smile than him just That's to be out there. You know, he's yeah. played in a couple of uh, preseason games uh, before mm-hmm. he came for the rookie faceoff, but yeah, but it was hasn't like, played a lot though. Only four games last year. Yeah, but I, I honestly, his game is very simple, but it's effective. Um, he's got great breakout passes. He's not like, you know, he, he's calm with the puck. He waits to to find his man. He's not trying to do too much at all, offensively or defensively. He's just kind of simple, and his shot is fine it's pretty good um and he tries to get on net as much as possible (laughs) and i like it um i i thought his play was good it was also i want him to play in the ahl um but i do wonder if they think he needs to go back to because he could still go back to the whl yeah um so I wonder if they're thinking that maybe he needs one more year to really get his feet under him before going pro. I, I personally think that uh, getting the minutes in the WHL might be good for him, considering, again, I only played four games last year. Actually, uh, I asked John McCarthy about it a bit, uh, and I asked uh, I asked John about, um, I guess, the next guy I'll bring up, uh, Artem mm-hmm. Guryev and uh, Gannon Larock, uh, because both of those uh, defensemen, um, are uh, they're 20 years old, so they can either go back to the WHL or join the the Barracuda. And um, I asked them specifically about LaRock, you know, do you think that it would be a a good decision to send Gannon back just because he's only played uh, uh, only played four games last year? So then if you send him back, he can get a lot of ice time uh, with uh, the Victoria Royals as opposed to uh, coming to the Barracuda and who knows uh, how how regular his playing time is going to be. But uh, McCarthy wasn't really giving, uh, wasn't showing uh, his hand uh, either way. Uh, he said that, um, you know, uh, he can see the benefit for LaRock to uh, to get uh, a lot of games in the AHL just to see that uh, that speed and that level of action or get accustomed to it again. Yeah. Uh, let's not forget that LaRock actually made his AHL debut a couple of years ago after his uh, breakout uh, breakout season uh, uh, with, mm-hmm. uh, with the Royals. Uh, that was 2020-21. Um, so, um Anyway, I'm sorry, 2021-22. So anyway, um, uh, I guess there there are two sides to it. Me personally, I'm thinking uh, that it's a better, uh, you know, better, uh, a better for for him to to play more. And also, too, of course, you know, Barracuda will probably have a logjam of defensemen, and so unless you're a guy that's gonna more likely to play every night than not, then. Maybe you're hurting yeah. your development by. Uh, there is a yeah. uh, an argument that he is one of the few right-handed defensemen. Um, so there is something maybe mm-hmm. if they they care about handedness that he could be up and up higher in the lineup just from his handedness. But um, I am also just selfish and I want to see him a lot on the very <laughs> If he can keep up with the speed, because that's always been my thing with Larock is that his his foot speed is not the greatest and he can get beat if he's kind of standing. Still. Yeah, and that's it looks like a work in progress uh, after, mm-hmm. you know, double uh, hip surgery. Um, so that's 
Uh, that's kind of kind of what I saw. Though I did see, yeah, like you said, though, uh, seemed to get more comfortable with the puck. Uh, I noticed that uh, he made a very nice uh, cross slot uh, setup, uh, deceptive one against in the Arizona game. I don't remember to who, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I I took that down. Um, our next prospect uh, or next defenseman I want to talk about is uh, uh, Artem Giriev. But before I get to Giriev, I did want to mention uh, I forgot to mention about uh, Shakir Mukhamadoulin that Mukhamadoulin's English is much much improved, and I want to yeah. mention that uh, uh, we uh, all last year i asked can i talk with shakir and like no his english isn't quite there yet you know his english isn't quite there yet and so that was uh you know in march uh in april um as you know uh when he was with the barracuda after the sharks uh, acquired him uh, from the from the devils and so anyway um sometimes uh uh it it you know, it takes a guy longer than a summer to be comfortable uh, uh, talking. But uh, we did an interview with Mukuma Doolin, um before rookie faceoff, and uh, he was he was great. He was funny. Uh, he, uh, uh, you know, he talked a lot about, uh, about, uh, the death of his, uh, of his friend, uh, uh, Amaroff. Um, you know, he, he, he was, he just, he, 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 he showed, a uh, a lot of personality and also too, uh, a lot more, uh, a, a grasp of the language than, uh, than, uh, than I, than, than I thought. So, so, uh, I want to, I want to give him props for, he stayed in San Jose for more, most of the summer. And mm-hmm. so clearly improved on that. And here's another funny note too. Um, uh, he uh, spent a lot of time with Brandon Cole because Brandon Cole also spent the summer in San Jose. Uh, they hung out a lot, and uh, Brandon Cole uh, takes credit for uh, Shakir's uh, improved uh, English. So, <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Cole. <laughs> anyway, though, um, so uh, on to uh, Guriev and um, uh, Guriev. I had a lot of fun watching him play. He's gonna be he's gonna be fun to watch uh, wherever he plays because he's one of those guys that really loves to hit. Like really mm-hmm. gets a uh, he gets he 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 has a he he gets a visceral. You can just tell on the ice. He gets a visceral pleasure from 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 uh, from smashing a guy into the boards. <laughs> yeah. And um, of course, there's a flip side of, of of all that. You know, you love the attitude. He's also six four. He does skate pretty well. So uh, so he's uh he's able to to be an impact player in that way and also last year too just to kind of show the kind of impact player that 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 he is with those qualities right he's not a very offensive guy uh, but last year he was uh he was he was uh part of a trade with uh from Peterborough to Flint for uh, Brennan Offman. And that's a first sure. round Rangers prospect, did big time scorer, at least in OHL. And uh, Guriev was a big part of a trade uh, for him. So that kind of shows that, at least at the OHL level, that teams, you know, that, that he's very valued in that way. And I think that that will be the case uh, eventually. I don't know if it's this year, but eventually uh, with at least in the AHL level. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, though, uh, you know, with guys who like to hit everything, uh, there's sort of a, a couple things that happen though first uh, they can be over aggressive uh ch- you know chasing the the physical game uh which uh which uh, Guriev did uh, at least on one occasion i noticed just pinching going for a hit and just getting himself out of position defensively and also too uh, a couple of times he just missed hits you know <laughs> flat out yeah, like uh, along the wall <laughs> mm-hmm. you know you heard you know you, you saw him going in for the hit and the next thing you heard him hitting himself against the boards but uh a for effort though and so opening overall though uh, i really do like uh, Artem's game, and um, I I totally get why uh, Mike. You know, you look at that uh, that draft class, right? Not a lot of guys got ELCs, 
and mm-hmm. I, but you totally understand why Artem did get get that uh, get that uh, ELC because there is that definitely something there to work with uh, between his uh, his uh, proclivity for violence and uh, also to just his attitude. You know, he's a, he's a great guy to talk to. You know, just uh, came out with a story today, uh, written by uh, Josh Fragellin, uh off of a interview with uh, with Artem that uh, I did uh, before the rookie faceoff. Uh, great personality, dedicated to the game. He you know told a story about. Uh, during the COVID year, 2021, uh, his uh, draft year, uh, the OHL was canceled, so no way for him to play games. He was living in Peterborough. All the rinks were shut down in Peterborough. So every day uh, he would get up at 5 a.m. and uh, his dad would drive him to Toronto um, uh, so he could get some ice time somewhere. And then they would uh, come back uh, at 6 p.m., uh, get back by 6 p.m. every day and just do the same thing every day. Wake up at 5 a.m., get back home at 6 p.m., uh, four-hour round trip uh, or so, a four- or five-hour round trip, uh, you know, every every day for a year. And so he's a guy that, uh, that uh, loves hockey, loves to play, yeah. loves to hit, and uh, yeah, love, I, I love I love his attitude. And I guess the last thing I'll say about him too is that he got into that fight uh, in the in the LA game, the first game against uh, you know Artem's a pretty big boy, but he fought six foot six uh, Samuel Hellenius, a King's yeah. prospect. And <laughs> when uh, I asked him, you know, what prompted the fight, because earlier in the game actually, uh, um, a La Ferriere of the Kings uh, got a good shot in on Guriev, and mm. so I thought maybe. I don't know. Uh, you know, actually, uh, uh, Lafarrier's number was seventy-eight, and Hellenius was seventy-nine. So I thought maybe, 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 maybe Gurriev got the wrong guy, or Gurriev yeah. wanted to take on the big guy because uh, <laughs> is smaller. Yeah. Uh, but no, he just said that like at that time he felt like the team uh, was playing sloppy and that they needed that kind of jolt. Yeah, and, and they responded too. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about the, if there's a direct correlation, but nonetheless, though, you know, you love that attitude, though. You know, it, he is a team first guy, it seems like. And so, anyway, I think the Sharks uh, Sharks fans who don't know him, uh, I think uh, will uh, will will enjoy him in, in, in the coming years, I think, just because of his style. So, uh, rank bunctious out there. Yeah, the, um, I watched Guria for a while. Um, when he was in the OHL, it was always fun because... He would play when he was on Peterborough. When they would play Niagara, when uh, Gushin was on Niagara, mm. it would be Gushin who's this big, and Guriev who's this big, and uh, Gushin trying to like basically get around him, and Guriev just smacking the hell out of the boards trying to hit him, and Gushin just kind of like ducking around him. Uh, it was just like <laughs> cat and mouse kind of thing. Always, yeah. and it was very funny. Um, but yes, I agree. He's he's interesting in the fact that we, we talk a lot about like what your role is in the next level and he Mm -hmm. knows his role and he's going to keep playing it and hopefully get better enough that he makes a a career out of it. So I, I I liked his game. I thought, yeah, he can get himself out of position. It's the biggest thing is uh, he really does love to hit people and he will, (laughs) if he doesn't tone it down enough and really, you know, hone in on when he shouldn't hit people, um, it might be hard to, sure. Yeah. Because there's a point when you hurt your team, you know, exactly. Yeah. So, but I liked him. Uh, yeah. It was a fun game overall. Yeah. Um, um, from the, the defense, we've gone through Larock, Guriev, um, Mukumadulin. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about Jake Furlong. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake, um, he, I think he was the last minute. Uh, he was, yeah. He was originally in the uh, lineup against the Kings last second. 
Cagnoni went in for him. McCarthy just said that it just was they wanted to see Cagnoni in that spot. So Furlong wasn't hurt. It was nothing against uh, Jake. So uh, Furlong did play in the last two games. Yeah, the the last game in particular, I think he had a little bit of uh, struggles with sure. trying to break the puck out of the zone and end too many turnovers. Um, he had like a specific one that basically was went the other way for a goal, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and you know that's going to happen in these kind of games. Like it's going to happen from every single, you know, every single defenseman, every single team. But uh, it just didn't look like his strongest game. Um, I think there's still a lot to work on with uh, with Furlong's. Uh, I'll say like impact offensively because he doesn't really have the decision making down pat to uh, really push play offensively yet. So. But I did think he he played decent overall. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a smart player overall, and but it'll take time for that to kind of take over at this kind of higher level when we go from uh, go from the Q uh, up to you know the AHL to the NHL. So might he might be a couple of years away. Mm-hmm. Um, he did to have like, like you mentioned a rough game against Arizona. He also got beat wide on, on a goal too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I don't remember from who on, on the Coyotes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for what it's worth, uh, uh, McCarthy did appraise a furlong after the Vegas game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, after uh, after uh, both wins, I asked uh, John uh, just, you know, who are some guys who stood out? And like I, we mentioned earlier, he uh, mentioned uh, Krona and Romanoff. And then he would uh, rattle off, you know, four or five names that just sort of jumped out to him. And uh, Furlong was uh, was was one of them after the Vegas game, so maybe a little up and down uh, performance, but you know yeah. that's that's okay. You know, I think obviously the big uh, test for uh, Jake and had a very good season with uh, with Halifax, I believe, right uh, last year, and so we just had to uh, build on that. Yeah, and he didn't. I think Furlong also had the point shot that that Bordalo tipped in. <laughs> yes, he did. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I think that was he did. Yeah, that was for a long shot. Yeah. Yeah, up and down performance is the way to put it, but I don't think he's expected to actually don't think he's eligible to be on the Barracuda this year. So he's probably likely going back to the Halifax. Um, but uh, a couple more guys. Henry Thrun only played one game. Didn't have too, too much to say about Thrun. Um, it's also hard to get like into and up to speed when you're only playing like one game. Basically. Yeah, McCarthy did say he liked him after the first game for what it's worth, though I know that mm-hmm. one of the uh, L.A. goes was was off of a, a Thrun mistake, but in general, though, uh, McCarthy said he liked his game. Yeah, Thrun, or Thrun Mukamadoulin seems like a fun pairing. Um, yeah. If they both end up in the I was a little surprised or... that uh, uh, Mukamadoulin got, or Thrun got ahead of Mukamadoulin on the power play, so I would mm-hmm. have liked to have seen the other way around, you know, Mukamadoulin with, you know, Eklin and whatever on PP one, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he he did that at the very end of the Barracuda last year, and it looked mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, so I imagine when he goes back, he's going to be power play one for the Barracuda. Yeah. But um, last guy to mention is is Luca Canyoni, um, who I think he's similar to, and he's also the youngest defenseman here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, out of this grouping, so. Um, I think the first game he was a little hesitant. I also think like he wasn't his backward skating wasn't the strongest. Um, he was having a little bit of issue matching speed with skaters in the first game, um, but by the third game or by the last game, I think his like his calmness. And I've been, I've see, speak about this with Kenyoni all the time. He's very calm. He doesn't panic. He knows exactly what he's going to do with the puck. He waits for an attacker to come at him. Passes under his stick. Does something smart with the puck a lot of times he's not big we all know that he's like five foot nine but he he still finds a way to impact the game even if he's not the most physical player so 
he's smart. He just had had a slow start to these games, I would say. Yeah, and totally understandable uh, for uh, a guy who just got drafted. You know, when you're looking at guys who just got drafted, you're not expecting them to, to sure. dominate. You're just kind of expecting or hoping that they uh, hold their own. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, uh, speaking of that, actually, let's just uh, talk about uh, talk about him just because we mentioned Cagnoni, someone who just got drafted, uh, Quentin Musty. And Quentin mm-hmm. Musty, I think, impressed me just because he did uh, hold his own. I mean, I don't think he was yeah. great. You know, he wasn't great like he was at the at development camps. But, uh, you know, consider that the rookie faceoff is another level, another step up on developing camp because instead of just skating against your own guys and maybe you don't want to hurt a guy and whatever, you know, like rookie faceoff, mm-hmm. you know, everybody Everybody's fighting for a job on their own team, you know, and you're so you're matching up against the bet the the best prospects from the other team, and also too a lot of teams have older players too, right? They have players mm-hmm. who are 23, 24. You know, uh, Sharks had a player, uh, a Vincent, he was 26. So, um, so you so you're matching up against against uh, much older players in some cases too. And so for a guy like Musty, who just got drafted, um, I thought that uh, he. He, he held his own uh, throughout. Uh, he said himself that he thought that uh, the first game was a little bit uh, a little bit uh, uh, rough for him, you know, maybe throwing away the puck too much, and that might be the case. But in general, though, and, you know, McCarthy, McCarthy mentioned that uh, he thought that, that, um, that uh, Musty just looked like he fit in. You know, look mm. like, you know, if you didn't know uh, how old uh, Musty was, you know, and Musty's a, a bigger kid too, um, that, you know, Musty look like look look like he simply you know kind of belonged uh, out there I guess and mm-hmm. so even though he didn't wow um, on this sort of progression track uh, if he keeps getting better then you know he he he's you know going to wow in uh, in a year or two in in, in this kind of uh, a tournament and there's one play that he made that was really nice uh, in the Vegas game and kind of shows a, a guy that was you know. Uh, getting uh, more comfortable with the mm-hmm. speed, the, the, the increased speed. And he actually said something interesting about that. I, I just did a, I did a story about it. I talked with uh, Quentin at the Rookie Faceoff, and he said something interesting about, uh, yeah, you know, it is definitely, like, faster and there's less space out there. But there's also more space and more time than you realize. And I think that's I think that's an interesting kind of uh, I bet that a lot of uh, 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 star players that they figured that out. Yeah, that yeah, for sure, right? Yeah, like let's say you're Eric Carlson, right? And like you go from Sweden to the NHL. Of course, the NHL is going to be you know like light years faster and um, you know a, a lot less space. But you figure out that well, there's still though if you're good enough, there's still time and space. And I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting that, you know, Quentin Musty is Eric Carlson in any sort of way, but just the idea that, like, like you have that cult, that, that shock at first, like, oh, like, you know, kind of that like, culture shock or whatever at first, like, oh, wow, this is going so fast. But then, you know, you start to, to assert your own game and you realize, oh, you know what, it is faster, but guess what? I, I'm good enough. I can hang with this. It's not that fast. I still have time and space. So anyway, just that that play uh, uh, very briefly. Um, uh, uh, Musty had got switched up and he was at the point. And uh, the pass went back to him and he did a, a, just a one-touch pass to the slot that completely surprised uh, the Vegas defenders. I don't know. I don't remember who he uh, he passed it to, but it was a good chance. And so that, that kind of um, you know, you know, showing that kind of sort of 
uh, uh, creativity and deception and, yep. you know, not being flustered into rushing the puck or just like sh firing it from the point. Right. Uh, which is like <laughs> the easy play, which is what I would have done if, if, if I was sure. in that position. Yep. Um, it, you know, shows, I, I think, uh, a player that, uh, was, and looked like to me was getting more comfortable as the tournament went on. And so, uh, you know, again, even though he didn't like, he scored just one goal in the three games, but I think that uh, Musty is, you know, very much on track with uh, all the uh, excitement that uh, everyone had for him after Dev Camp. Yeah, he also um, he had a uh, basically like a a rebound net front scramble goal in the Arizona game mm -hmm. that was, you know, not ter terribly impressive, but it you know showed that he was around the play. Um, yeah, he I didn't like... look overmatched physically at all. Um, no, no, not really. Yeah. He when he engages, he actually um, can play on the boards really well. I think mm -hmm. the some of the issue is, and he's very, very young. It's just his kind of like peaks and valleys. Occasionally, he's not like it's not that he's not following the play. He's just not taking an action. Like he'll just be kind of processing the play and just kind of waiting. And then you go, you're supposed to got to do something. It's not right. like it's all the time, but he's just uh, he's a processor and he's really good at processing the game. It's just. Um, you know, it's got a, the action bit has to like speed up a little bit sometimes, sure. not all the time. It's consistency is, I think, the biggest thing. But um, I did like him overall. I um, had nothing really bad to say. You're right, somebody or whoever mentioned that it seemed like he belonged out there. Do you think it was John McCarthy? Yep. That makes a lot of sense. He, you know, he, he looks like one of the dudes that if you didn't know would be would be assume was older than he yeah. is. Yeah, if he told me that he was a tryout or like. Mm -hmm uh ncaa guy that you know older guy just coming on he's like okay i mean yeah. not terribly impressive for like a 24 year old or whatever yeah, but like 18? he didn't look bad but for an 18 year old yeah then you you know extrapolate from there so yeah um i liked him overall it uh uh the, speaking of guys that do uh basically just point shots for or, or like don't know what to do so they just dump it on net i think cardwell had a lot of that <laughs> which was he'd turn around and then he wouldn't know what to do with the puck so he'd just whip it on net and occasionally yeah. uh it would work um but i think his his um tournament was not bad at all i think he just didn't stand out offensively enough to really move the needle all that much um but he was still like his normal cardwell self aggressive uh he's a great board or he's great at battling on the boards great puck retriever he's been that way since juniors even though he's only like five foot ten he's very willing you know he yes. did add uh seven or so pounds of muscle he said but um i still wonder if that's going to be enough uh, for him mm -hmm. to make an impact in that specific area uh with the a in the ahl but he definitely is willing though he was throwing his body out there um, yeah. um you know kind of like a a forward version of guriev but way you know way smaller so yeah he had one specific play in the first game where um skating with the puck pucks out in front of him a little bit and uh player comes straight at him and he just holds up his left uh, uh left shoulder and just decks the dude and then keeps the puck going and the guy just like <laughs> skates off behind him. i was like hey, there's no way you're that strong how did that happen but it was just it stuck out to me just like he completely decked the guy and kept control of the yeah puck and I, I really like that a lot um again i don't know if the offensive capabilities are all there really he he showed off a shot a couple of times and it's a decent shot um, but it wasn't like he was dazzling off there with sure. his hands or anything like that. So, um, and yeah, I think he does have a, a proclivity for low, low percentage shots. What I would say about Cardwell, um, any, uh, other forwards stick out to you that you want to talk about? Oh, uh, let's couple, go. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have a few more here. Let's go with, uh, uh, Houghton in, uh, since mm -hmm. we, 
talked about uh, Musty and Cagnoni and the the recent yeah. draft picks. And I'll, let me say again too, Will Smith was not there because he's an NCAA. NCAA players don't aren't allowed to to play in this tournament. Um, I get asked. I got asked that so many times, and <laughs> how many times I, I had to. Yeah, no, he. Yeah. So anyway, um, anyway, so uh, Haltonen. So uh, Haltonen. Uh, there is a lot to work with, especially when you're talking about his shot and his size. He's a, you know, he's a big kid. Uh, but there is a lot to work on, though. A lot to work on. And mm-hmm. so, of course, you love, uh, uh, you, you love that he loves to shoot, and he does have a, a great shot. He has a hammer. Uh, he said that uh, it's been timed at uh, 104 miles per hour. He gave me the kilometers, <laughs> so yeah. so he can he can hammer it for sure. And you know, he was looking for that the entire tournament. Um, you know, I think there are questions, and he he mentioned himself too that the accuracy was was uh, was was off. You know, or needs working on. But anyway, I'm not too concerned about that part because it's a legitimate plus, to, you know, plus tool uh, for uh, for him. Um, but a couple of the areas, though, that I think uh, need to be worked on, and I think that actually, you know, being at and you mentioned this actually a couple of weeks ago when we talked about. Uh, this is before Halton and decided to, or it was official that he was going to London. And uh, and Keegan, you you mentioned that yeah, like going to London makes sense to you because uh, the Finnish league where Halton played last year is not a league that is forgiving to to younger players. It's not the kind of league that uh, younger players usually can can get big ice time. You know, Halton last year uh, in the in, at least in the men's league and the men's Finnish league. Uh, had I think like one assist in 27 games, averaged about nine minutes a night, yeah. um, and so in London, you know, of course, uh, he's gonna play a lot more, and I think that he has the right coach in uh, Dale Hunter. Um, Dale Hunter, you know, as a player, was definitely not known for for any two way kind of slacking, and so I think uh, I think uh, Hunter should be a good influence on Halton, and because a couple of things I noticed with Halton, first that his uh, you know, maybe you know he's got to he's got to uh, uh, you know get into uh, you know leaner shape. He's got to skate more. He's got to move his feet more. You know, I think a lot of times uh, you see him kind of looks like at least you know kind of floating in the neutral zone a little bit. And uh, second thing uh, that overall I noticed is that um, his body language at times uh, he's got to work on containing his frustration. Um, you know, I think in the first game, in the uh, game versus uh, uh, L.A., um, he got caught from behind trying to break it out. I, I don't remember who, who caught him from behind. Someone caught him from behind and stripped him. And then, uh, you know, after the play ended, I think um, uh, Romanoff made the save, whatever, you know, play stopped, right? Like, he shouted, like, you could, you know, we were, we were at City National Arena, practice arena, so there were about... 500 people in the rink, you know, scouts, some fans, uh, media, right? There weren't a lot of people watching, so you could hear, and he was, and he was like, fuck! And, you know, you could, I, I wrote about it. You could, it was audible, and, you know, of course it's great that a guy cares, but uh, you saw that, though, throughout, though, like when he would miss on his shot, it would go high, or he wouldn't get as much as, as he would on it. You know, he kind of looked toward the sky. Uh, there's a little too much uh, of that. You know, you want guys who care, of course, so that's, that's not a problem, but... Um, um, 
you know, a little too too wrapped up in that single play. You know, you you have to have that. Uh, you have to have a short memory too. You know, in this sport, you make a mistake, you got to move on and not and you know not not beat yourself up over uh, every you know every, every little little thing. You know, and mm. so um, definitely, uh, like I said, uh, a lot to work with, but a lot to work on. Yeah, that's that's a a great way to put it. My uh, my notes. For Haltonen from the tournaments have basically all been the same. It's Haltonen shoots even when he shouldn't. And it's kind <laughs> of like that I love his there was one there was one uh like slap shot from like near the blue line that got like in the goalie's chest in a second and I was like holy cow. But yeah, again it, he can it, rip it. Chest. He can really shoot the puck. But yeah. the the problem is is he really with all of that shooting talent, he needs to pick his shots better. He needs to pick when he needs to shoot and where he's shooting at because he does he misses high constantly and it's he's trying to find that perfect shot but it there's really better ways to do especially on the power play when you can really you know go for rebounds go for all sorts of things and uh he would kill play a lot and that's just not what you need um to do but he's gonna go to london he's got some time uh, he reminds he's got a lot of time her, yeah He's a caution. There's a cautionary tale of a prospect called Timu Polkinen. And if you've ever heard of Timu, <laughs> sure, I know Timu yeah, Polkinen. He's, he's, he was drafted. <laughs> Who's the other guy uh, with the big shot? Martin Frick. <laughs> Martin Frick. Yeah, that's um, yeah, Timu Polkinen was drafted in like 2010 by the Red Wings. He had insane shot. One of the yeah, he know he had a hammer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But he never really. He made a couple of games in the NHL. Yeah. Scored a couple of goals. He was on the Vegas expansion team. At least, uh, I'm not even sure if he actually played with the Golden Knights. Uh, he might have just been in Chicago the whole year. But yeah, um, yeah. And uh, now he's playing in Russia. But the point is, is if you don't round out your game enough, even an elite shot can't take you very far. Sure. But, um, that's kind of the the cautionary tale. But he's going to go to London. It's going to be good to watch him there. Um, a uh, an interesting guy. Um, had. <laughs> His first career fight of all time oh. <laughs> is uh, Tristan Roberts, our um, 2020 uh, second round pick, one of the 2020 second round picks. Um, he, you know, Robbins, like even in his draft year and, and in, in juniors, was a, like pretty physical. Like he would hit people and you could actually lay some good hits, but it's not something that he's known for. Sure. Um, and then there was this uh, scuffle that he got into in the last game that was with a guy like, five inches taller than him yeah like uh ben boyd uh six four i think yeah <laughs> yeah it, he did fine i think he did he fine did actually yeah in the fight it, yeah it, but it was good like he was very engaged that whole game too he's mm -hmm. really aggressive and physical um he um helped set up that goal that that musty had in, in the net front when it just seemed like nothing was going in for the sure. sharks um they had like power play after power play and they just could not put a shot on net to save their lives for some reason and this one was like, we're getting this one in no matter what. Robin's <laughs> help kind of set that one up. So I I thought he played um, pretty well overall. It was expected because he's a little bit older yeah. than everybody else. And he's been yeah, in the he's NHL. Yeah, he's been in NHL too. In the NHL um, at the very end of last year. So it was expected that he would play well. And it's not like he dominated, but he at least looked like he uh, could handle the level of competition. Sure, sure, sure. And I guess uh, with Tristan, I agree. He, he played well, but uh, I think it's one of those things where, yeah, like he's got to, I guess we had to, or we had to figure out what his uh, NHL role is going to be. Yeah. Because I'm not sure if he's going to be uh, quite skilled enough to, uh, to, to be a top six guy. Um, but I don't know if he has kind of a, enough B game to be uh, third line center or fourth line center. Uh, maybe, and maybe yeah. he does, you know, there's, he still has 
uh, some runway left, and uh, he does always uh, his effort uh, is, is mm-hmm. I've never seen that questioned, and so uh, so so maybe we'll see that. But I think yeah, it's a very obviously a very important development developmental year for him but mm-hmm. uh speaking of the 2020 uh second round uh his uh his uh, cohort in, in the in, in that round was uh thomas bordolo and mm-hmm. uh i felt with bordolo that um he only played the first two games but you saw actually like really a, a good kind of uh some uh summary of like the the best and worst of his play um (laughs) in vegas you saw obviously the tremendous skill um uh that that goal he you know over the the far shoulder in tight on on the goalie who by the way is 27 years old so speaking of older (laughs) players at this tournament um but even 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 the the deflection goal when he was on his butt which is some degree of luck but if you watch it though bordolo was trying to get at it uh he you know he wasn't like raising his stick up in defense or whatever and, he, and it just glanced off his stick no he was trying to deflect it and so to have that presence of mind hand eye in that situation um you know he he is uh he is a very very talented player uh but then um in the in, in, especially in the la game you know uh the weaker of his two games, um, you know, there was uh, casual passes in a neutral zone. Um, John McCarthy said that uh, he thought that in the second game, uh, Bortolo was, you know, playing a lot more inside, and mm-hmm. but, which is great, but also suggests that he wasn't so much in the first game. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, of course this tournament is like, it's kind of like child's play for Bordolo, as we could kind of see with that, that far sides, you know, goalie scored, right? Like this is a tournament that if he put his mind to it, he, he could really, uh, uh, I think take over at times. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think we saw the, the best uh, of him and the, competition level obviously is going to ratchet up quite a bit in trading camp. And so, um, I didn't see anything in this tournament that, um, tells me that, 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 that he's going to, he's going to, to raise his level to, to, to what he needs in training camp. It doesn't mean it's only two games. So I don't want to draw yeah. any conclusions, but I will say though, that, um, I am reminded a little bit of actually a couple of years ago in, in Arizona for the rookie faceoff, and actually at all the rookie faceoffs that I watched Ryan Merkley. And, uh, as Merkley got older, you expected him to finally put together, uh, a, a rookie faceoff a tournament that was, dominating in and in, in two ways in both ways you know because because that's you know that's the area that that you need to see from Merkley, not the offense but the defense and then that would that would um that would uh 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 trans spill over into training camp you know obviously uh dominating rookie camp is or fa- rookie face-off is nothing like like training camp but if you could dominate rookie face-off that you know makes it uh, how do you say it? Uh, more promising that you'll you'll uh, excel in training camp at least, right? And mm. so and so, I think with Bartolo, it's still a little bit of a wait and see. You know, like uh, saw some sure. good, saw some bad, um, and uh, hopefully, um, you know, he kind of uh, takes to heart sort of the lessons from last year, and you know, we see kind of a. A, uh, a a renewed uh, Thomas Bordolo uh, uh, during the training camp. Really, again, I've said it before on the podcast uh, when we talked about top ten prospects. I love his talent. I love his ceiling. Uh, I am concerned about the sort of the 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 the, the commitment elsewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say though that he 
yeah, the fit, maybe. Uh, I will say, though, that it did look like he really uh, enjoyed being back at center. And he kind of alluded to that, too, when uh, I asked him about it. He just said that, uh, you know, he just, you know, he feels like maybe a little more space to roam, you know, kind of just maybe just more comfort, kind of. He just knows where he's got to go maybe a little bit more. Yeah, um, that's but, a, it's yeah. exactly um, what I saw last year when they moved him to wing is that mm -hmm. he, he doesn't fit. and <laughs> It doesn't really work for him. His game kind of falls apart and he, he becomes pretty ineffective in, in both ends of the ice if he's playing on the wing. So he's got to stick at center, I think. Um, so it becomes hard to, to seat him in. But yeah, the the on your butt goal is cool in <laughs> the, the short side goal or, or, you know, coming from the um, from the post there was really cool. Um, his first game, I don't think he had a very strong game. Um, he took one pretty bad penalty that he looks like visibly frustrated about. I think it was like an obstruction penalty of some mm -hmm. sort of some sort um, that I noted down just because it stuck out that it was he looked like he was trying a little bit too much and it wasn't yeah. really working. Um, but yeah, I've seen some like people um, or, or some people thinking that maybe he's going to make the NHL this year. Uh, it's possible, I guess, because they, they might need a third or fourth line center. But uh, we'll have to see if his training camp does keep on taking off. It's not like he, it's impossible. He, um, Bordelow was on the um, the overseas trip to begin the year last year, even sure. though he didn't play. And then he went back to the AHL afterwards. So I think he's going to be one of these probably either late cuts or he might stick on on the opening night. We'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, late cut, sure. Uh, you know, it is worth noting, though, that the Sharks are deeper than they were last year at center. That might be arguably their their strongest position. And, you know, they're not very strong in a lot of areas in ice. But, uh, you know, Couture, Hurdle, uh, Granlin, and, and Sturm, if you don't use Granlin at, at wing, uh, that's actually a, a, a very... Actually, that's a playoff caliber uh, center group, in, in my opinion. Uh, the... You know, obviously the wings aren't, you know, need, you know, some help, you know, so I'm not saying the Sharks are going to make the playoffs, but up the middle though, uh, they, uh, they, they can, they, they can be very, very strong. Yeah. So, and that's if they use, yeah, Granlin at, at center. Sure. Um, but, uh, defense and wings and goaltending. Again, you don't have to cloud the issue with facts. All right. So. <laughs> let's talk about Eklund's one game. Um, <laughs> Eklund only played in the first game. Sure. I think he had one assist in that game where he kind of like took it into the offensive zone, um, got ran into a body, but left the puck. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was Robbins who got the It goal. was Robbins. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's that was what that was the main play that caught my eye because that's sort of a, even mm -hmm. though uh, it's uh, it's uh, something that he was doing last year already, but sort of a extension of sort of the added muscle. And, sure. um, you know, Eklund talked about feeling like he was faster with the with the muscle this year, whereas last year he was still maybe getting used to the the extra sort of sort of mass that he added to himself but anyway i, I what i liked about that play that was, was something that's the kind of play that he definitely wouldn't have done the first year he basically you know very much like a like a point guard in basketball he just yeah. attacked the paint and dropped it off uh you know for for robbins for the 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 you know the perimeter shot mm -hmm. and the shot you know the shot found uh you know found found the net and um so very much just kind of hurtling his body right into the teeth of the defense and then you know dropping it off um yeah that's that's the kind of thing that um 
you want to see more uh more and more from uh from him and i think the other positive obviously too is that uh, with his uh uh shoulder injury uh last year shoulder surgery that ended his season that he mm-hmm. looks fully healthy and yeah. um yeah i so i i think uh i i'm i'm excited to see uh what he can do uh uh in a, in a full nhl season i expect him to uh even though uh there there is a, a lot of uh, a lot of veterans uh um you know ahead of him uh it, it, uh, up front for the sharks i i'd be disappointed if if he doesn't make this uh the sharks team yeah it Feels like it's the year. Um, mm-hmm. He looked really fast. He had lots of speed out there. Um, I think he held on to the puck for a while, like a little bit too long sure. um, in that first game. But he had lots of speed. And yeah, you're right. Like old Eklund might have kept trying to stick handle or kept trying to like go away from the net. Or, or yeah, curl. Yeah, curl away exactly. from the middle, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, try to hit the late man, which could still be a good play too. Yeah. But you know, curl, this, curl, curl to the point, hit the late man, be hit the trailer behind him, let the trailer, yeah. you know, <laughs> attack yeah, the middle. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, New Eklund was just like, no, I'm going to take this guy out, leave the yeah. puck, and then bam. And it was like a, yeah, it was like microcosm of what I think Eklund has worked on for like a year now. So, um, but I, yeah, I liked his game overall. I thought he was one of the Sharks' best forwards for that game. It just was not like he put up tons and tons of points like right. he did. Was it last year that he like dominated the rookie tournament? Well, he had that shootout. Year. He had that shootout goal. Oh, not shootout goal. The um, that was it a three on three goal. Uh, uh, or maybe it was a shootout one. Uh, the, you know that 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 spinorama goal he scored against oh, Anaheim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that yeah. was a rookie faceoff game. Yeah, yeah, it was a rookie faceoff. But I, I I don't remember if it was a shootout or just three on three. But yeah, I think, anyway. yeah, could have just been a three on three. Yeah, like an overtime goal. Oh, you know it was three on three because I I just remember the pictures. Yeah, like there were yeah. teammates around right like immediately like uh so yeah so yeah. no it was three on three so. But um yeah but he still had a good game. Um one guy I want to mention that is. Uh, notably, my uh, favorite Sharks prospect is uh, uh, Daniel Gustian, um, who Daniel, like his first game was fine. Um, lots of perimeter play. Um, he had some good zone entries. He got his shots through. He had a good, I think, secondary assist on the power play in the first game. His, his The game, the la- third game, um, I don't think he had a good game at all. I think because there was no it felt like everything kind of fell on his shoulders to be the offensive force because there was mm-hmm. no Bordelow, there was no Eklund. Sure. Um, and uh, he was playing lots and lots of minutes that game. It felt like he was trying to do way too much. Like He just could not make a simple play. And that's been a um, uh, a knock against Gushin for a while is that sometimes when he uh, doesn't know what to do, he overcomplicates the play. Mm-hmm. And he was doing that a lot in that third game. It was part of the reasons why they couldn't get any shots through. It just felt like he wasn't making the right decisions offensively. Um, whether or not this is like one game or a trend, I don't know. It's hard to say. Gushin is um, notoriously really slow to start seasons. He he often will take a little while to get up to speed and really get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but once he does, obviously, we've seen him do really well um, at last year so. I think it'll be interesting because I expect, like you said, Eklund to be up, Bordelow to be kind of this in between. Maybe he's up, maybe he's down. So a lot of times it might be just Gushin carrying the the offensive load load for the Barracuda. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see um, how much he can handle basically being the guy. Um, so I don't think it was the strongest showing. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. that's again he's still my notably one of my favorite Sharks prospects. So 
<laughs> oh wait, he's he's gone from your favorite to one of your favorites. Wow, that was a he, rough tournament, Daniel. I, I felt like it's hard to pick favorites. No, he is still. I, I love Daniel. Um, he's he's excellent in a lot of ways. It's just sometimes he can overcomplicate things, and I think he did a lot of that in that third game. Still yeah. my favorite Sharks prospect. <laughs> I I will say about Daniel that um I I was looking for sort of a more obvious you know you know not to get into like you know big you know big beefy guys whatever you know but like uh i was looking for maybe a, a little more um just definite gain in in muscle and and whatever from him he says that he gained a couple of uh kilograms <laughs> so a, a little a, so a little less than a couple of pounds um of uh of muscle over the summer so we'll see uh because he'll need it uh at the higher levels you know obviously in rookie tournament i mean you know, yeah. again, like like with Bordalo, you know, it's sort of a, a tournament that is is not, um, you know, he's kind of too good for it, as is Bordalo, as is Eklund, uh, that sort mm-hmm. of thing, you know. Uh, at least they, they aren't real tests for for him, at least I would say. And so uh, we'll see this year, especially in camp, you know, because I think that even though uh, he's not a favorite to make the team out of camp by any stretch, um, he might be a sleeper uh, a pick, you know, if he has uh, kind of... Um, taking it to another level uh, mm-hmm. from last year physically and whatnot. Yeah. And I didn't quite, don't think I quite saw that. Uh, and, and I talked with no. him, you know, interviewed him. So we'll, we, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, maybe, maybe I'm mm-hmm. wrong about that, you know, and me, you know, and maybe too, like uh, uh, there's a couple pounds of, of, uh, or a couple kilograms of, of muscle, but also more quickness, which is, mm-hmm. you know, if 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 he if he is both if he's both those things then 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 uh then then he will be you know that much more slippery and dangerous at the NHL level but uh um but I'm not quite sure about that and yeah we didn't quite see in this tournament but you know it's this is you know just a a, a, a two game tournament and so uh, we'll see uh, when camp opens on him yeah I agree though I think he did he didn't seem like his physicality had significantly improved from last season. Um, on the boards and such. It mm-hmm. didn't feel like he was anything um, above what he was doing last year. It's not like it's terrible, but it's just it's not not the best hitter, not the, not the most physical. Doesn't well, really... It's not even about, like, I'm not yeah. worried about him engaging and doing that kind of stuff, you know? Just more like, you know, hold, holding guys off yeah. a little bit, right? And then hitting the holes, like, just a split second faster than, uh, than, than maybe he would have last year. That's the kind of stuff that's going to be the difference between him being a 20-goal AHL scorer and an AHL player. Uh, just that that little bit of strength and quickness. Yeah. Still love you, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have anybody else to mention from the Sharks forwards? Uh, yeah. Uh, I got a, a couple more. Uh, first, uh, uh, Brandon Coe. And I mentioned Coe uh, being a, a terrific uh, English tutor to Shakira Mukumadulin. <laughs> but uh, Coe uh, also uh, says that he added a, a 20 pounds. He says he ended last year at 195, which, you know, for a guy as tall as he is, uh, 6'4", 6'5", or something like that, right, is, you know, like a size of a goalie. And <laughs> uh, anyway, though, he says that he added 20 pounds. He made, made a mistake. He said 20 pounds of muscle. And I'm not sure how likely it is that 20 pounds of muscle over a summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mentioned to John McCarthy, and John McCarthy just kind of looked at me like, 
I don't think that's maybe possible. 20 pounds total? If you're, if you're really <laughs> yeah, maybe 20 enough. pounds total and a lot of muscle. A lot of that was muscle, you know, maybe something like mm-hmm. that. So anyway, so let's just presume that that that's uh, that uh, Cole did add that bulk. Um, McCarthy did say that he looked uh, bigger and he looked bigger to me too. You know, he still looks, uh, um, you know, like maybe he could fill out even more still, but mm-hmm. um, but uh, he definitely does look uh, bigger to me. And uh, just in general, I say with uh, Brandon's play, um, I did see, you know, more inside and more kind of battling using, you know, using that, that, that frame of his uh, more, I think it's still a work in progress. You know, I don't expect him to, uh, to, uh, uh, necessarily like uh, light up, you know, it still might be a little bit of a project there, but, uh, but I did, I did see some improvement from last year, you know, last year, you know, he was too light. Yep. you know, for the league, even though he's six, four, he's too light for the league. And he was still playing too much of a, of a, of a skill game when, uh, you know, he couldn't, he, he can't live off that, you know, at the pro level. And so, um, yeah, so I did see a little bit more of that sort of, uh, uh, you know, using his physical attributes, uh, uh, more instead of just relying on, you know, perimeter and, and, uh, and, and his skill. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, so, so there's, there's some promise there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He definitely needs to, um, continue to adapt, continue to add pounds and pounds of muscle and such. <laughs> um, his game, I just, I don't know if that's the, the ever been really his style and it feels like he really needs to change into that but given his yeah his talent level and it's a mental uh, change yeah yeah it's kind of like yeah it's it's physical it's also a mental change that he needs to undergo onto his game so um i, I think you he, he had a, a decent like overall tournament i don't think it was the particularly standout but i think he did okay like like i would say like a a guy of his physical attributes if he has a grinder first mentality mm-hmm and then you know his his skills are kind of secondary. That can be a pretty valuable NHL player. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if he can get to there. Sure. Yeah. So, but if he but if he thinks of himself as a skill player at the AHL NHL level and sort of that grinder, that physical, that's that secondary, then I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's uh, going to be so valuable uh, that way. So. Um, mm-hmm. But I did see some, again, some growth from last year. And so I think, uh, you know, I think, I, th- I think, I think there's, there's some promise there. You know, he clearly did uh, take to heart, you know, uh, what the Sharks wanted him to work on. He, he did work yeah. on it uh, this past summer. And like I said, he stayed in San Jose um, um, for the entirety of the summer too, like, like, mm-hmm. like, like, like Mukumadulin did. And so that, that speaks to uh, both of those guys' this sort of uh, dedication toward uh, improving themselves in the, under the, the eye of you know the sharks and the trainers and whoever was here working with them over the summer uh advising so yeah so he seemed well liked too um just i always had this like image in my mind of him holding the tiny marchman cup above his head (laughs) i don't know why it's like every every time i think about brandon co i just think about that tiny little marchman cup and he's like holding it like this it's it's i don't know it's stuck in my brain but he always seems well liked in the locker room too yeah i think this year he's gonna get a little bit more because there was games where he was in and out of the lineup last year just because how many forwards they had, I think he's going to be higher up on the depth chart this year to uh, really try and solidify his game. So. Yeah, I think I think you would hope that he's able to solidify himself at least as mm-hmm. a every night bottom six AHL forward. 
and mm-hmm. then you know you just kind of move up from there and maybe the year after that he you know he gets uh, in the top six and- yeah 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 and then we start to think about him in the nhl so um last the last guy for me that, that i i i really uh watched uh more i have notes on is uh, ozzy weisblatt and yeah. um, i like actually a lot of what ozzy did um i don't did ozzy only play one game did he oh he played a second game sorry he played both uh, the first two games and mm-hmm. um i i i saw you know I don't know. Again, you know, I, I think uh, uh, being a first rounder is is both a blessing and a curse, right? Obviously, sure, you make sure. more money, and you know <laughs> that's great and all that stuff, recognition, mm-hmm. right? But then you know more is expected of you because you were a first round pick. You know, if Ozzy mm-hmm. Weisblatt was picked two picks later, like no one would be writing stories. Well, like I honestly, like I wrote last year, you know, first round pick goes to ECHL because that's a headline. That is a headline. Sorry, you know, like yeah. that's. Uh, um, um, that's, uh, that, that's like, that's noteworthy. Um, but if he had been a second rounder or a third rounder, um, you know, that no, you know, no, no one would have, would have batted an eye probably. And so anyway, uh, I don't know again, if he's going to, to, to fill that kind of offensive sort of, uh, um, you know, two way offensive role that was envisioned of him when he was drafted. But I did sure. like a lot of what he did in this tournament in terms of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times he carried a puck in with speed and clearly attacked toward the middle, kept going mm-hmm. toward the middle. Didn't always work, but kept going toward the middle. And so I, I, I like that. I like him uh, taking the, you know, taking the puck off the wing into the middle uh, consistently. Also, too, uh, he got a a, a, a good hit on a six foot six uh, Mason Primo in the in a Vegas game, which was very oh, well. enjoyable to watch, you know. And so, um, you know, uh, Ozzy, you know, that's 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 what you want to see out of him. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that. Uh, people's opinions of this guy is mixed, but uh, Rafi Torres. And uh, yeah. if, if Ozzy can be a half of what Rafi Torres was at Rafi Torres is best, not talking about all the dirty stuff, but like in terms of just the physicality and very good hands, you know, Rafi Torres was a multi, uh, multi-time 20 goal scorer. Um, if he can be half of that player, then that could be a pretty good fourth liner. And so, um, so yeah, so I, I, I did see, uh, some, some promise from Ozzy and his tourney, uh, you know, some improvement from, uh, last year. And so a little mm-hmm. bit like Cole, um, yeah, just, uh, hopefully, uh, you see that kind of, uh, uh, you know, they, they may both end up, their ceilings may end up being role players at NHL, nothing wrong with that. And so they, they, you know, they have some tools to be uh, very good role players in NHL if they can kind of just keep getting uh, better and kind of accept that role too. Yeah. My headphones died. That's why I'm. <laughs> oh, okay. Came off. Um, but yeah, Weisblatt's kind of like the. If Brandon Co needs to adapt his style to being more of this grindy kind of thing, Weisblatt's already doing it, and I think that's sure. Like he came in as like not a high octane offensive guy, but like a speedy transition guy, um, skilled passes. That was like what he was drafted for and a little bit of feistiness and now it's like turning into more and more feistiness more pestiness fair point and i like that change because i think that's what's going to actually get him into the nhl is if he continues on that path yeah and Um, to speak for ozzy a little bit on the middle of last season you started seeing that change in his game and so mm-hmm. I want to give him credit for that because, uh, yeah, he was uh, from at least day one of last season to the end of the season, might have been the most improved player on the Barracuda. Granted, you know, he started off basically uh, being like, you know, maybe ECH caliber, but nonetheless, yeah. though, from day one of last season, but to the end, uh, he's a guy that took, you know, clear, clear strides. 
Yeah, he feels like he'd be a very good penalty killer as well because he's fast. He hits really well. Um, if he can, you know, maintain positioning well, he can get the puck and kind of just play key boy a little bit. <laughs> I think like Maybe. he's got that kind of like uh, game to him that he can at least hold the puck. He'll need to add those layers if he uh, wants to, uh, yeah. you know, to 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 progress. So I don't believe he did much, uh, much, much PK uh, last year. But um, yeah, if he Probably can add not. that layer, though, he that's that's gonna be helpful. When I watched him in juniors, he did, but it was, uh, you know, that's juniors. But it, anyway, it's yeah, it's an interesting change with Ozzy. I think you know he's he's leaning into that role as long as he doesn't go too far off the edge and just like throwing dirty hits every night i think he's so good because that's possible yeah too. don't don't so don't yeah don't go full raffy tories full raffy <laughs> you want to go half half raffy um, all right any i have one more guy that uh, i think i just want to mention briefly sure. was bradley uh bradley merrick um he played uh center for a couple of games um for the sharks and it's not like he stuck out to me in any this guy has an un- unbelievable skill kind of way or anything like that. It was actually more of the kind of the opposite. It's more of like he just hustled extremely hard. He was always coming back, um, coming back hard. He, um, um, he felt like he filled this role of a physical big center that the Barracuda probably need right now um, in a bottom six capacity. So it was a smart signing by them over the summer to, um, to fill him out from, um, I think he came from Penn State, is that right? No, Fair State University for NCAA. So um, anyway, got him out of the college and, and, and got him onto the Barracuda. I thought he played well. Um, I think he had a goal as well. It's yeah, he had game. two points in the first game. Yeah. So, you know, I thought he played well. That, that's kind of the edit. It's not like he has mm-hmm. a tremendous skill or anything like that. He just he caught my eye a couple of times. I just want to mention, too, with uh, Weisblatt that um, uh, Weisblatt did not uh, PK last year for the Barracuda. Um, I have all of the Barracuda ice time from uh, last year, by the way, if you, any, anyone wants, if you guys want to look, look, look back on that. Um, but anyway, uh, I think uh, looking at that, so that's going to be a, a good comparison for uh, this coming season. So, you yeah, know, we'll if see. you see, uh, you know, Weisblatt averaging, you know, a minute or two on a PK, that's going to be a sign of uh, growth in his game. Yeah, and it's also hard because the young forwards they might not give him that kind of responsibility. They well, Robbins had it. Bradley, yeah, Robbins. Well, he's very versatile too. He's a good. Yeah. yeah so, um, so it, it's Eklund did too. Not as much as Robbins, I think, but mm-hmm. Eklund did too. So it's out there yeah. for the younger players. Um, you know, it is it is a the uh, developmental league, and I and I don't think sure. that Barracuda have forgotten that. And so, um, so it's it's out there if if Weisblatt's good enough. Mm-hmm. We'll see if Bradley Merrick gets on the penalty kill. Probably, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, that's just my last shout out. Um, I can't think. I don't have anybody else written down on my list. Um, yeah, I don't either. Specific. All right. Look at that. We are uh, wrapped up then. <laughs> Anything else you have to say about the uh, the prospect tournament before we get out of here? uh no well i i have some stuff maybe i'll share someday so there there was some 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 unpleasantness but uh yeah but uh, i i don't know uh i won't talk about it today so okay all right we'll we'll look forward to the unpleasant story later on at some point (laughs) um it was a lot of fun it's it's always a great start to the um to the training camp we're gonna have lots of coverage um next week after we get some uh hopefully some news we'll see what happens during the first couple of days of training camp Uh, Maybe we'll have some news before next week's podcast. So, all right, guys. Bye, guys.